this is another episode of the podcast with me and Lisa. And Lisa has a new topic that she has texted me and said, we must talk about this topic. And I have responded to the call and we are here. So Lisa, take it away. Bill came running down the hill from the ropes course, shedding all of his gear and said, let me record. Yeah, there was someone on belay and I just locked off the belay on the ground and said, Hi, this is more important. <laughs> There's no coming down for you. I'll start with something that happened this weekend that I'm very proud of that is related to this topic. So I've been a novice Sudoku puzzle person for years. But what happens is I start them either in paper copy or on my phone. I don't finish them. I get discouraged and I just give up and I start new ones. And so on Saturday morning, before anybody was awake, I decided that I was going to take some time and watch some YouTube videos and get some hints on like how to really solve them. And I set myself this goal that by Sunday night, I was going to solve the hardest possible puzzle by myself without any like hints from the app. And I did it. And it didn't feel that hard. And nobody cares. Like nobody asked me to do this. It doesn't mean anything for my work or my family. But boy, did it feel great. And it reminded me that my dad, a retired professor, had sent me an article last week. And I was like, this is exactly what the article is talking about. And so the topic is, what's the difference between accomplishment and achievement? And I would say, that little rush that I felt that nobody knew about when I was, you know, sitting on my bed doing my diabolical Sudoku puzzle was accomplishment. It's internally motivated. I entirely taught myself how to do it. And I was allowed to succeed and fail and succeed and fail and go where my interest took me. Whereas like achievement, and we'll get into the article in a minute, is something that's externally imposed. So let's say I had to solve that puzzle as homework or to get somewhere on my next career move. I had to prove that I could do it. So achievement versus accomplishment. And I'd never really thought about the difference in those two words. So the article that I read is by Adam Gopnik. He's a contributor to the New York Times. Perhaps you can link to him in the recording, Phil. And he's written a whole book that I've now downloaded that I'll listen to on the road called The Real Work on the Mystery of Mastery. I'm just so curious. And I want to ask you a question about your weekend experience, which you texted me a little bit about. And how do we as technical instructors allow for both of those achievement, which is necessary to be able to operate a course safely, but then also allow people to pursue like the equivalent of me saying, I'm going to become a Sudoku master this weekend of my own terms. So with that, I would like to hear about what you did this weekend that you sent me a video of and how you would describe that experience in either the achievement or the accomplishment realm. I went with my daughter to a flying trapeze class. I attempted something new. Based on what you've just shared, I actually think that initially I was doing it as a bit of an achievement or for the achievement of saying I've done it. But I actually felt very accomplished in it because, and I took a little bit of pride over the things I was trying and I was caught. I did, oh, they did the catching part and I was caught by someone that was fun. And I did feel like a real sense of accomplishment doing it. Realistically, it doesn't serve me in the areas. I'm not going to be a trapeze artist and I'm not 
going to necessarily take that into my work, although there's some similarities, I would guess. But I think it's like there's been a couple of things over the last few years that I've been doing recreationally that are just new and trying to stretch myself. Like I learned how to ski for the first time a couple of years ago. Now I'm learning learned this something new. Um, I think the newness part is something that we we were uh, we teach in the realm of adventure that I don't know if necessarily I've in the past practiced enough. So I think that that felt good for me for the accomplishment of it. And it, interestingly enough, like I think as you were saying this, I, there was someone who was in a training with me last week. As part of the training, you learn knots. This one person really struggled with knot tying. They took the ropes back home with them. As so sometimes I recommend to people and they just spent all evening practicing knots until they'd got them to a standard that was up to their level, not necessarily mine. I'd already told them they could tie it. There was someone in them that wanted to become a little bit more expert in it. I think for them, that moment kind of stood out when I gave them some feedback on the success that they had over the evening. I think they almost cared more about that than they did care about the actual training part because it was a little bit more internally decided. Like they were going to spend the time on their own time to practice something that I hadn't asked of them to do. And then when they came to show it to me and I acknowledged that what they'd done is good, they felt somewhat better at it, about it because they'd done it themselves. I don't know if that sort of lines up in some way, but. It does. And I highlighted this one piece, which I think this person could learn at a pace outside of the workshop and that you are comfortable with not being present with step-by-step instruction. And I think there's this other feature about an, an achievement is imposed from the outside and accomplishment grows from the inside. So here's the quote from the New York Times article. Achievement is the completion of the task imposed from the outside, the reward often being a path to the next achievement. Like you've done the catwalk, now you're ready for the multivine, for example. Accomplishment is the end point of an engulfing activity we've chosen, whose reward is the sudden rush of fulfillment, the sense of happiness that rises uniquely from absorption in a thing outside ourselves. So that feature of we've chosen this activity and the reward is just a sense of fulfillment. It's not a reward that then allows us to level up to something else necessarily. Like there's nothing I'm going to do with the fact that I solved this really hard Sudoku puzzle and I know how to do it now. Like what does that mean for me as a professional, a parent, a spouse? But that sudden rush of fulfillment, right? It's sort of in the lines of self-efficacy that we've talked about on other episodes. And I'm so curious as I, I think about the episode we that you did about learning to ski and then the other episode where we talked about professional development as being not just taking workshops and going to conferences, but trying things that we enjoy. I think this speaks to that episode too. But when we're teaching people that need to learn a very specific set of skills to manage their challenge course this summer, for example. How do you think about this difference in these two concepts? And how do we allow people to find that rush of fulfillment in their own way while also making sure as the outside, we are imposing the achievement? Like, How do those two things coexist in a technical way? I don't know. It's a challenge because I think that there's sometimes these restrictions that are placed on us by which we need to cover the standard operating procedures and you've got this amount of time. I do think like the opportunity in in the most of the trainings that we do around like being able to be participants in the activities. And I think the 
I think the accomplishment of the actual tasks themselves can be like built into a training. Whereas like we're not imparting that during the training, everyone must climb or that during the training, everyone must get to the top of the dangle duo or something like that. But like those are inbuilt accomplishments that they experience in the training. I also, I'm, I'm intrigued as well as we're talking about this, like how standardization levels of practitioner certification, how those kind of restriction, th- those kind of uh, constructs create a restriction for like excitement to, to develop in our field for new practitioners. Like I, as an example, I just today led a level two exam. Well, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing more achievement related than gaining a certification after I've told them reading from a clipboard, this is what I need to see. Um, and then, you know, what do they do from now? There was someone in the training who just appreciated the training, not so much the certification, I don't think to a degree, but, um, just because there was the pacing at which we train at the scaffolding a skill and the freedom to experiment during a level two, like, Hey, climb there. If you want to climb, do, do something different, like climb to height and try this. So I think that gives a little bit more of that accomplishment feel than maybe certification does. So I think maybe in the training, it's, it's hard because there are some sites that require people to do certain things. And once they've done certain things, then they can work on the course. And if they don't do those things, they don't, right? I wonder if there's a way to bring in like a model in a, like maybe more like a level one training where we ask people to sign up to become experts in something like, okay, by day five, who would like to try to become an expert icebreaker leader who would like to try to become an expert assembler of the cube or whatever it is and then give people the time and space to like really think okay how do you want to learn that do you want to use internet like or just entirely self-design that and then sort of present what their experience was like would be really interesting and then i think the other piece that i just thought of as an example in our workshops is the difference between how I learned how to facilitate the Mohawk iron workers walk and the way that we more often facilitate it now. So the way I learned was the facilitator has the goal and then tells the goal to the group and they either achieve the goal or they don't classic achievement, right? Externally focused from the facilitator versus, I mean, with all the safety parameters in place, of course, with self-spotting and so forth, but what do you want to accomplish? Great. Go do it. Go try that swing. Go do the Pirates Crossing. Just, you know. And so I think there's that other piece, like where do the goals come from? That could be the tipping point between achievement and accomplishment. If I'm telling you what the goal is, I think it's it's already an external motivation. So much of our workshops, all the learning is public. So therefore, it's sort of achievement focused. Like, all right, everybody, let's tie your super eight. All right, let's get harnesses on. And that, I mean, I don't really have any way around that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if I'm really, if I really want to master the double Beckett Bolin or whatever, you know, like I don't want to do it with everyone watching me and giving me advice and da da da. I want to go and like watch YouTube videos and look at a book and do a slow, and then come and just have that feeling of like literally accomplishment. I know I'm using the word, like overusing the word, but and that, that feeling will then directly transfer to people having a higher sense of self-efficacy when it comes to learning other technical skills. Like how do you design your own learning plan? 
and it's by trial and error, trial and error. I, there's something to that because I remember that time that you and I spent like learning different Polands. Yeah, and what was the uh, point? I don't know what the point we had all these. It was entertaining. It was. We had like a, a YouTube videos out, and we were looking at stuff and yeah. learning new Polands. And there was a sense of accomplishment. I think of like I recently learned a new way to tie the alpine butterfly, and it's not going to be that effective for a lot of people. It's a little complicated. I like that I figured that out after watching stuff, and then was like, I can tie that now. I think those kind of things stick in your head a little bit more than like someone saying, this is what you need to do. And this is what it looks like at the end. You've pulled something off without the guidance of somebody else. There's from the article, does it talk about like some of the benefits of the differences between achievement and accomplishment in terms of people maintaining interest in a field or something? Cause I wonder if that's something to it as well. Like if you are, I wonder if by having multiple accomplishments, you're more likely to stay in an area of, of a topic area of excitement rather than like if you were forced to do something through achievements. I don't know if there's anything in here that suggests anything about longevity or sticking to something in a topic-specific way, but the article opens by the author talking about when he was a child, sort of getting a $40 guitar and then convincing himself that he could learn a couple Beatles songs, and he closed his door and like worked on it, worked on it, worked on it. He's like, I felt the thrill of the chord sounding the way I wanted it to sound, and there was no audience for that. And then later at the end of the article, he talks about his quote is the pursuit of accomplishment, what I call the real work never ends and always surprises. I learned in that chord building week so long ago that if you simply lifted one finger from the C chord, you got the most tender and poignant harmony. I didn't know then that it was a major seventh chord, but he like stumbled upon this thing and the lesson and the feeling he got from that like mystery solved has stayed with him as a lifelong learner. I know we overuse that expression, lifelong learner, but I think it's just interesting because we are so group focused and we have to be when we're working with groups. Like that's the whole point, team development, group development. But this article really makes me want to find and carve out more specific opportunities for folks to teach themselves about how they learn, whether it be about the challenge course or not. And then maybe they don't even report on it. Like I'm trying to think I'd start a four day training tomorrow with camp staff. I don't know. I have, I mean, I have a long drive to think about it, but what could that really look like? And I think at the very least, I want to introduce the concept of thinking about achievement and accomplishment as different and then invite the staff as they learn more about challenge by choice to think about where does choice fit into that. Yeah, this was this was new to me. This concept of uh, achievement, accomplishment. I haven't thought of those terms in the way that it's been described, and I hope that people listening are also in this mode of like, wow, how does that apply in the work that I do? Inst- instantly, in my nerd head, I think of like uh, the fact video games have unlocking achievements. You unlock achievements. You don't unlock accomplishments. It's intriguing. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by it, and uh, I put out to you if you're listening to consider these topics and let us know. You can always email or send me an Instagram message about how maybe you've uh, applied this, this achievement and accomplishes model, maybe into your programming. And if it's spurred any thoughts and ideas into your head, then let us know what those might be and help each other out. Thank you, Lisa, for bringing this topic to us. Another great one. I'm glad you read the article when you did. And uh, I hope you have a great training this week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Vertical Playcast. And then what about thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving. I think I'll pass the guy. <laughs>